0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One-one pitch, a fastball pulled and smashed, Alvarez into the corner. Get out, Bob, get out, get out of here, get out! Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league.
1: Well, fantasy becomes real.
0: Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Some
2: trade talk on this Thursday morning. Welcome to the May 30th edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. I'm Adam Azer with Scott White and Heath Cummings. And we'll give you buy low, sell high, and buy high. And today we're going to look at the most traded list. And I believe Jose Ramirez is number one on that list. If he's not number one, he's up there. But we'll talk about him. We'll talk about Austin Riley. Uh, In fact, yesterday I said... That the previous night's games, Tuesday night's games, were boring. Last night, anything but. (laughs) So much to talk about as we welcome Scott White back. Hey, Scott, what's up, man? Adam, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Remember, everybody, we're on video if you want to watch us. Uh, Scott's in his house Mm -hmm. with his cool little background. So am I. You
3: want to know it, though. I I got a nifty background now. Yeah, I look good. I'm actually in a hallway, Adam. I don't know... You what long, you mean by my house? This is not what my house
2: looked like. You have a long hallway in your house. I have. I've got the same similar setup. Heath's in the Fort Lauderdale office. What's <laughs> up, Heath?
0: Yeah, I have that hallway in my house as well. It's weird how we all had the same uh, designer.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, all, you're
0: all pretty sharp.
2: Um, all right, so let's talk about yesterday's games because there was there was a lot. First, this email of the day is from Zach H from Houston, Texas. Dear Sandler, Hemsworth, Ledger, and wang wanger wanger scott wanger i know who That's... three of those people are i don't know what connects them <laughs> they're adam adam heath chris and scott or adam chris heath and scott. oh okay do you know yeah. who don't you know scott uh, wanger wanger he was steve in full house and the voice of aladdin and i don't that is a strange reference i'm pretty sure he went to my high school yeah, he 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 did, almost. Is he an Adam? So he's the
3: Adam? No, he's the Scott. He's the Scott? Oh, it's weird that the he's the famous Scott, Scott he kind of
0: looks like he could be your big brother.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to confirm that he went to my high school. I do, you know I do this a lot. Okay, here's the, the email from Zach. <laughs> Last night in my fantasy league, Edwin Diaz was rage-dropped based on his blown save and awful performance <laughs> against the Dodgers. I think this was a fluke performance, and he's still really good. But I don't know who I should drop for him. Should I drop Freed Motas? Yeah, right. Freed, Montas, Giolito, Keiko, or Kimbrel for him.
0: Uh my choice would be Keiko. Yeah, I think Keiko's probably the right answer.
2: That's what I said. But I don't even care about that part. I just think it's hilarious that somebody rage dropped <laughs> Diaz. Are you kidding me? What are are you kidding me? It- that's terrible. Yeah, this is
3: the first time he allowed more than two runs in a game since last May, I think. The first time more than one this season. Uh you know. He had worked. This was his fourth time pitching in five days and eighth time pitching in twelve days. So it's you know, this stuff happens sometimes. I don't I don't think there's anything to be concerned about.
0: No, he's like he's, he's not been, been what he was last year, but we didn't really expect him to. Well, where does yeah. he
2: rank? You might you might wonder. He's twenty among relief pitchers, RP eligible players, twentieth in points, twenty three in Roto. If you remove the starting pitchers who are relief pitcher eligible, Diaz is thirteenth in points and seventeenth in Roto. In Roto, there are <laughs> some non closers like um, uh, Ryan Presley. Yes, Presley and uh, the guy on the Red Sox is it Workman? Maybe Wald. Walden. Walden, yes, Walden, who has like six wins. But I know
0: so many baseball things.
2: Top twelve,
0: he is not there's, right now.
2: I bet he was yesterday, though. Edwin Diaz.
3: There's so much elasticity in the you know among the relievers who are actually good and consistently getting save chances. Uh, his ratios are still you know they're, they're elite. They're elite. The only he's second in my closer ranking behind Kirby Yates, who. You know, it's debatable. He deserves to be first. You could really debate probably ten guys for the top spot in the relief pitcher rankings.
0: My top relief pitcher has not changed since the start of the year.
2: It it was who Ozuna. Yep. That's such a strange call.
0: I think he's number one or number two right now, right?
2: He's not number one. He, geez, he's jeez. He's number, number two. two. He's number two. Yeah. He's number two. <laughs> he's number two. <laughs> no, so he's been kind of shaky recently himself. Um, okay, so that was our Edwin Diaz email. What stood out to you guys yesterday? Heath, kick it off. Who's a Wednesday standout?
0: I, you know, it was weird because I did a pretty big rankings update yesterday, and this happens often, and it's just happenstance. It doesn't, I don't have any control over anything, but guys that I move up are just absolutely terrible right after I move them up, and guys that I move down have monster performances, and there were a couple of those in, uh... Hmm. Sean, uh, Kevin Gosman and Bryce Harper <laughs> so you moved Gosman up Move Gosman up to uh, just borderline top 60 pitcher um, I'd been mildly impressed with what he had done lately and he delivered the worst performance of his career
2: mm-hmm.
3: eight and
0: uh, eight. I dropped Harper out of my top 10 outfielders and he remembered how to hit again <laughs>
2: Wow, it's two good games in a row, I guess, for Harper. But still, a ton of strikeouts. Uh, dropped him out of your top ten. Let's start on Harper. You dropped him out of your top ten outfielders. Like for who?
0: Um, do you want me to just like you know the? Let's go for points. Okay. So Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, JD Martinez. There's five where you can't even consider Harper.
2: You still have bets ahead of Trout. Yes.
0: When He's like scored like. When Ten are, less points than Trout this year.
2: Yeah, Mike Trout was on the IL, or he was injured. Did he go on the IL, or did he just miss some time?
0: Uh then Blackman, Acuna, Brantley, Hoskins, and Chris Bryant.
2: Okay. Um, Brantley ahead of Harper. Yeah, that that one. I had a feeling that was gonna be. I had a
0: feeling Brantley was gonna be on that list. I mean, he has been fantastic so far this year, and always better in the points format. Yeah, but so is Harper. And, uh, yeah, uh, Harper didn't used to strike out thirty percent of the time.
3: That's true. Yeah, all right, yeah you- and that's uh, you know after a jump in strikeout rate last year too. Uh, so he has he has Harper thirteenth. I have Harper thirteenth. I'm not remorseful because he had a couple good games. I mean, first of all, thirteenth is still pretty high. <laughs> I hope he should have some good games every now and then. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still. I'm still uh, thinking Harper's not going to live up to even second round expectations this year.
2: Would you take Scott? Would you take Harper or Brantley?
3: I have Brantley eleventh in points leagues, um, and I believe it's I, I believe I have Brantley ahead of him in Roto too.
2: Oh wow! Okay, interesting. Um, Scott, th- Heath, you got it. Like, come on, you got to put Mike Trout ahead of Mookie Betts. I'm sorry, you have to. I
0: I don't know why I do. Because Mike Trout has... They've been virtually the same the same player so far in fantasy this year.
2: Okay, Trout did not have an IL stint. He's played 51 games. <laughs> Betts has played 55 games. Mike Trout has... What's, and his OBP fairness, is 449. Game. What's that? He's got a 449 OBP, and he's not even playing that well.
0: But Hayes not even playing that well is the reason for moving him ahead of Mookie Betts.
2: Yes, he's all, he's been better than Mookie Betts in four fewer games, and he's not even playing that well. And I guess Betts isn't really either. You know what we can get from Betts. But,
1: I think
0: they're both playing very well. They're both like top ten hitters. He, because, well, I think Adam's he, saying there's
3: there's it's it's clear there's regression coming for Trout when in Betts' case you know the good kind of regression. And in the Betts' case, there's not.
2: I mean, I I think that both of them are going to be a lot better, or certainly better. But I think Trout is going to be like a lot, a lot better because I I just I don't I can't I just can't see an argument. I the only thing is plate appearances. That's it. If you think Bet's going to get be a much better lineup and get more plate appearances, but I just okay, all right, all right. So your standouts, <laughs> your other standout was Kevin Gosman. He is sixty eight percent owned. He gave up eight runs in one inning. And when I saw this. I was just like God. This is just like so Kevin Gosman, an exaggerated. Version, but he can just never be consistent. I feel um, how you know sixty eight percent Owen, How do you guys feel about that for Gosman?
3: I I hope people didn't start him for a one start week. I don't think he's the kind of pitcher you know unless it's a great matchup that you'd ever turn to for that. Uh, but you know this doesn't erase the fact that he was coming off three quality starts. I think he can still be useful, but he's not trustworthy and. The Braves have been connected to Dallas Keuchel recently. I think they're less likely to get him than Kimbrell. But um, I think there's a good chance they get one because they're one of the few teams linked to both. And if they do get Keuchel, I imagine Gosman would be the one on the thinnest ice, at least until maybe the innings start to catch up for Max Fried.
2: Okay. All right. So Gosman, 68% owned. Griffin Canning, 67% owned. He's one of my standouts from yesterday. Who would you guys rather own at this point, Gosman or Canning? Canning.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd probably say Canning. Yeah.
2: Canning, yeah. I'd pick him up anywhere that he were available. Fair?
0: I I wouldn't go that far,
3: but... Well, I can't, no, really. I can't imagine why he would still be available. I mean, coming off three good starts with one of the top swinging strike rates in baseball... Uh, this was actually his worst swinging strike game, and yet it was one of his best games in terms of results. He was pitching from behind a lot of the time and still, still ended up having a quality start, one and run allowed. So, I mean, he looks like he looks like the real deal, as they say.
0: I, I, th- I think if someone was making an argument about him, it would be looking at his peripherals. Um, They're all basically north of four. The Sierra, I think, is just under at 3.93. And he hasn't exactly, I mean, he's averaging about five innings per start. So the peripherals say he's a four ERA pitcher that's not really pitching deep into games.
2: Yeah, well, Canning's not going to pitch deep into games. They're just, I think six innings is what you should hope, like hope for seven, I guess. But it's kind of like Paddock, but, you know, not as good. Um, He's not going to pitch deep into games. They're just not going to let him go that deep into games. But still, a guy who can give you six good innings, it's, it's hard to find these days. Uh, other yeah, I just don't think we know
0: that he's that guy yet. He's done it twice.
2: Yeah, he's he's had three good starts in a row, though. Three starts worth worth putting in your lineup. So, other standouts, Scott, anyone else you want to talk about? Gosh, I mean, Wade Miley with two good strikeout starts in a row. Kyle Hendricks has been great. Mm-hmm. Austin Riley homered mm-hmm. again. I, I mean, there's so many ways we can go with this. It was a it was a fun day in baseball, a lot of good storylines. What you got?
3: Yeah, Miley's... Miley's a good one to point out. His last five starts have been much different than the ones preceding it. He has really upped the whiffs, and I, I don't—I haven't really read anything regarding a change, or, or there's not really a clear thread from start to start, uh, you know, showing a different pitch selection or anything. And yet, he is getting more whiffs, and the an Astros are a team known for getting more whiffs out of their pitchers. Uh, So I I wonder if something's up there. Um, But it's too early to say. Yeah. Uh, You know, there were a couple of interesting things with bench hitters who, you know, might have a path to playing time now. Uh, Both of them had good games. Scott Kingery in Philadelphia and Dominic Smith for the Mets. Uh, Obviously, needs aren't as great. You know, among hitters in, in fantasy, people don't have as much need at at those positions as they do at pitcher. Uh, but they're both they're both interesting. I mean, they're both former prospects. Uh, Kinger getting to play center field. The Mets tried Dominic Smith in left field, which is something they hadn't done yet this year. But obviously, they have a need for hitting, and they both have great numbers so far in limited appearances. I mean, a lot of it is Babbitt driven, so far. But uh, there, there are enough skills there to at least keep an eye on those two.
2: Well, I don't think Kingery is a bench player anymore, right? I mean, he's going to play regularly with O'Dubal out. Well, that's what I'm saying.
3: They, okay. they have
2: been bench players, and now there's a path to playing. Oh, them. okay, okay. I'm sorry, I misinterpreted.
0: So, what's yeah, the path? I, well, I think Kingery is one of the most underrated, under-owned hitters in fantasy right now.
2: He's 33% owned. I have a section here called Hot Hitters. And we'll, we'll just go through them all and tell me who's under-owned. Most of these guys are owned in fewer than 40% of leagues. Uh, but, but just to go back to Dominic Smith, Cano and McNeil might not be out that long. When they're back, does that mean Dominic Smith goes back to being a bench player? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, uh, Jeff
3: McNeil can play uh, anywhere, just about, except shortstop. And Robinson Cano, I mean, that's we're, we're talking about left field. That's not going to impact uh, whether or not Robinson Cano plays. Sure. Okay. So it, I, I mean, obviously, it's it's not a given that Dominic Smoth is now the Mets starting left fielder, but th- they've opened that door to him playing, and every time they've played him, he's done good things this year. So it's possible that he could uh, find himself in that role.
2: All right. Good stuff. We need more guys who are under own. So let's take a look at the hot hitters, and then we'll talk about the world's most dangerous in-home massage that broke uh, Carlos Correa's ribs so that's coming up in a little bit with a lot of news and notes. Okay, first guy is Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber in his last fifteen games, he's only batting two twenty-eight, but he has six home runs. And weird thing about Schwarber is he's got a nine seventy-three OPS against lefties this year. So I'm gonna give you guys a name, and I just want you to give me a quick analysis. How owned should he be? Would you pick him up? That kind of is there. Big potential, whatever it is. Let's start Kyle Schwarber. Go ahead, Heath. Forty
0: five percent owned? Like, he's still been mostly bad this season. It is encouraging that he's doing some things against lefties and may play more against them. But I I am not yet convinced that he's going to be a... Uh, he's certainly not a must-start, and I'm not even sure he's a must-own yet.
2: Scott, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Since being called up, uh, you know, for the second time this season, it was a second stint, uh, Gurriel is crushing it. In six games, he has four homers, three doubles, one walk, and four strikeouts for the Blue Jays. What are your thoughts on Lourdes Goriel Jr. 35% owned?
3: Uh yeah, I mean it probably should be a little higher than that. Uh, but I don't think there's an there's an especially high ceiling here. There's a little bit of pop, there's some contact ability, there's very little on base ability. And uh I'm trying to think of a good comp for him. Um but you know, considering you got guys like Marcus Simeon and Dansby Swanson, you know, close to falling outside my top 20 at shortstop. Uh, you know, it's just a deep position, and I, I don't think Lourdes Gurriel makes the cut, except maybe in deeper, like, 15-team rotisserie leagues.
2: Uh, but he is actually second-base eligible.
3: Well, that helps a little, yeah. but even so... Um, even so, I'm just not sure. Like, I'd rather have Kevin Biggio, and he's a guy outside my top 20 at second base.
2: All right, I'll, I'll say if you're in a real deep league, Guriel is now second base shortstop outfield eligible and middle infield eligible. He's two games away from being first base eligible, which would also give him corner infield eligibility, so he could have a bunch of eligibility. All right, next up, Heath, we'll go to you Renato Nunez for the Orioles. He had a 632 OPS before his last 10 games. And in those 10 games, he has a 361 batting average and six home runs and three doubles. 37% owned Renato Nunez.
0: 37% sounds about right. Like this has been a nice hot streak, but I haven't seen enough yet to make me believe that this is uh, close to sustainable.
2: Okay, then we have Scott Kingery, who we can skip for now since we just talked about him. Uh, Heath, I'll go back to you for Howie Kendrick. 31% owned. Nine hits in his last four games. He did start. He usually plays only against lefties, but yesterday we saw him. I mean, this goes back to what Scott was saying. Bench players may be playing more. He started at second base uh, against a righty, and that was with Brian Dozier on the bench. Quite frankly, Kendrick's been so much better than Dozier. He's 31% on batting three twenty-eight with nine home runs. When he hits his 10th, it'll be his most in six seasons. Uh, Heath on Howie Kendrick.
0: Yeah, I like if you told me that Brian Dozier just recognized that he's terrible at baseball now and retired, then I would say that he should probably be like 65 percent owned. But I don't expect that's going to happen, and I think the Nationals probably going to run him out there several more times. So I don't expect that uh, Kendrick will have the playing time to deserve much more ownership than this. Scott
2: Oscar Mercado is thirty-seven percent owned. He has two steals. They both came in one game a couple nights ago. But he's batting now uh, three thirty-three. He's actually got a pretty good slash mm-hmm. line um, and only eight stri- oh, eight strikeouts in eight games. <laughs> not terrible, right, <laughs> for a rookie. Uh, what do you think about Mercado at 37%? Yeah, uh, I don't know that it needs to be
3: much higher than that. Obviously, there's interest in every rotisserie league where you're talking about five outfielder spots to fill and a scarcity of stolen bases. But uh, even if you own him in that league, you're probably not starting him. Since he hasn't delivered on much of that stolen base promise yet, but it's easy enough to envision him becoming a regular for Cleveland, and he does have some bat on ball skills. Uh, the strikeout rate was, you know, we're talking eight games, so it's hard to it's hard to uh, assess much there yet. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe like. Maybe like 45% on is where I'd go with him.
2: Okay. Mercado, by the way, has batted second in four straight games for the Indians, so maybe he can help you out with some runs. He has 12 runs in eight games. That's that's pretty good.
0: I think he's played 12 games, hasn't he?
2: 12 games. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, so okay. eight, eight but,
3: strikeouts in 12 games sounds a yeah, lot His better. strikeout
0: rate's just 17%. Because that's what yeah. I thought. actually very good.
2: And that's why yeah. I paused when I saw that I wrote is, Are we games. at the
0: end of the list, or, is, or can I throw in one more that I think is like... Go. Very important. Yeah, go. Malik Smith. Uh, Two nights ago, he had four stolen bases hitting ninth. The next day, he led off three hits. Next day, he leads off three hits. He is on fire right now. He's still just 46% owned, and he's a guy that was essentially universally drafted at the beginning of the year. I think there's a very good chance in another month we're looking at a 90% owned Malik Smith.
2: Yeah, I, I just wonder about the batting order. I hope he stays there. D Gordon is on the mend he doesn't have a super serious wrist injury, but he's got a chance. Yeah. he's got a chance to claim that number one spot, Malik. Smith. I mean,
3: Malik Smith has served an IL stint this year. Granted, it only cost him the two games in Japan, but he's also spent a ton of times in the minors. He's on pace for more than forty steals in spite of that. So I don't know. I don't know why he's so like all rotisserie leagues. He needs to be owned. Probably all head-to-head categories leagues. He needs to be owned.
2: Uh, Jackie Bradley Carson Kelly Brandon Dixon are the last three guys on the list. Jackie Bradley has a 1051 well he had a 1051 OPS in nine games before homering last night. Uh, he's still having a dreadful year but Bradley's hot Carson Kelly doesn't play that much but can give you just like some decent numbers it seems at catcher and Brandon Dixon has yeah he needs to play reviews. more He
3: yeah, needs he to does. play more His his numbers are looking impressive for a catcher.
2: Hey maybe it'll happen. Um, all right, so, so if mm-hmm. Kingery, it seems like Kingery is probably our favorite that I said, other than uh, Malik Smith, maybe. I don't know that there's a. I'm pretty interested in Mercado I mean, if he's going to bat second.
3: Yeah, I like Mercado more than Kingery personally. Okay. Um, the batted ball profile for Kingery, I mean, you're mostly just investing in upside at this point because his production to date, I mean, it's he's got a, I think, a Babbitt verging on 500. So there's, you know, so few of bats, it's hard to make anything of it, really. Uh, but the batter ball profile, you know, a lot of strikeouts, not many walks. Um, yeah, I, I have doubts about Kingery. I'm interested in seeing him play because we know there's upside there, but I have doubts about him. Mercado, I think, has a better chance of making an impact.
2: And it is time to take a break here on Fantasy Baseball Today. When we come back, Carlos Correa's weird injury. Update on Jose Altuve, Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo, Mike Trout. Uh, we will be right back on Fantasy Baseball Today.
1: As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. All right, Carlos Correa,
2: get a new masseuse out four to six weeks with a broken rib. Very weird. And honestly, I have a roster crunch in the podcast league. And I don't know that I can justify keeping Carlos Correa. Is that crazy or what? But that is shortstop awesome. for you. Uh, That's awesome. No, I, I can drop Jeff McNeil, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you could drop Jeff, Jeff McNeil over Carlos Correa. Yeah. Jeff
2: McNeil is pretty underrated in a points league. He really is. But I get guess- yeah, but Carlos
3: Correa was like top. Where did I put him in the ranking? Like my top. Thirty,
0: top forty overall. I know, but he's like so uh, prior to his injury. Like he's basically been a borderline number one shortstop this year. Right, exactly. It's it's It's, yeah, but it's it's
3: it's just because shortstop is so deep. Like you'd start him at your utility, um, and you know he's he's obviously has a much better track record than some of the guys ahead of him. It's more believable. Or more bankable, I guess, than what he was doing.
0: Can, can we try to guess the uh, shortstop who has scored exactly the same number of, fan- of fantasy points as Carlos Correa this year?
2: Well, I'll let Scott do it because I'm looking at it right now.
3: <laughs> is, is that a fun game? Um,
2: yeah, it, it is a fun game. You like him quite a bit, Scott. But, do I? But not in a fantasy perspective.
3: Is it Dansby Swanson? It is. It is Dansby Swanson. It is Dansby Swanson.
2: Sorry I made that so easy.
3: Nice clue. Nice clue, Adam.
2: All right, let me fire through the notes here. Chris Bryant returned. Tim Anderson returned. He got beaned, but he's okay. Jose Altuve's out indefinitely. Neh. Joey Gallo sat with a sore wrist. Good chance he plays today. If they play today, I'm not sure. Either today or tomorrow. Mike Trout sat with a sore foot. and still That's be- why
0: Boogie Betts is ahead
2: of him. Mike Trout's hurt right now. Yeah, okay, but yet still Betts has been as good. Pedro Strope could be back this weekend. Jeremy Helixson has been shut down from throwing. Mitch Moreland's on the I.L. with a lower back strain. J.P. Crawford's on the I.L. with a sprained ankle. Jordan Lyles was able to play catch and might be able to avoid an I.L. stint. Uh, Joey Votto expected to return tomorrow. It's kind of interesting. Derek Dietrich, of course, after I said he's not going to play against lefties, he started against a lefty yesterday at first base, but that was with Joey Votto out. But Dietrich went two for four.
0: Is Derek Dietrich better than Joey Votto now? Probably. (laughs) Probably. Um.
2: I, I'm so. I'm not going to say that, but I'm. He's so more startable than Votto. Joey Votto right now. Uh, Denelson Lamette started a rehab assignment today. That's kind of interesting. Deeper leagues coming back from Tommy John. Chris Davis started hitting. Miami and Cleveland they tripled. They both tripled yesterday. They ended the longest season opening triples droughts in baseball history. Justin Turner's little beat up. Might get a day off. D Gordon's going to begin baseball activities soon. All right, so Nick Pavetta, I added him 2 days ago, I dropped him yesterday. Nick Pavetta and I'll tell you why, but he's he's going to start at the Dodgers on Sunday and he's not guaranteed anything after that. So, I dropped him. Remember I said I picked him up cuz I need a ton of upside. I dropped Nick Pavetta for Kyle Tucker, who I think has even more upside and Scott thinks Kyle Tucker is going to be back soon, up soon. Speak, Adam. Yeah. So,
3: I mean, I've I've been thinking that for a month. So what do I know? But I no I actually different. I actually think uh, Carlos Correa going down. You mentioned Jose Altuve. There's not a timetable for his return. George Springer is out for more than a month. You now the Astros just lost three of their four bats or their big bats. I guess they have five now with Brantley, but they lost a lot from their lineup. So the argument that well they don't really need to call. Uh, Tucker or Jordan Alvarez because their offense is performing so well, that's yep. that's going out the window here. And right now, their lineup currently consists of Tyler White, who's deserved to be out for a while now. Uh, it consists of Derek Fisher, who knows what they're going to get from him. Josh Reddick is fine, but not not great. And then there's somebody, who, somebody else. They have a few different options, but none of them good to play second-base shortstop. So they have four... Four spots that they could stand to upgrade in their lineup right now. Kyle Tucker has actually been, since I think it's April April 24th, he heated up. And since then, he's been more productive than even Jordan Alvarez, whose season-long numbers are just ridiculous. Tucker's already on the 40-man roster. Alvarez's natural position is first base. So, you know, they, they move Bregman to shortstop to fill in for Correa. They move Gurriel to third base, as they did yesterday. Instead of Tyler White, they could have Jordan Alvarez in the lineup now. I I just think there's a clearer path for both of these guys, or at least one of them, to enter the lineup. Um, You know, Once the Astros realize they are hurting for offense, they could stand to upgrade.
2: Yeah, and I think it's pretty interesting to to think about if they're a tough matchup right now, or if you can start kind of fringy pitchers against them. I'm thinking that you probably can. Uh, Jose Martinez is not looking good right now. He has started one of the last five games for St. Louis after starting 29 of the previous 30 games. I'd still like to... I know he's the best hitter in that group, you know, the the right field group, but obviously not the best fielder. And good news, everybody. Aaron Sanchez is going to be able to start on Sunday, it seems. Bad news at Colorado. Okay, hey, let's take a look at the most traded list on CBSSports.com. We'll talk some trade right now. Uh, I haven't made as many trades as I'd like to make. Trades are fun. Most fun part of fantasy baseball. Jose Ramirez is number one on the most traded list by far. Max Scherzer, two. Bryce Harper, three. Austin Riley and Jacob deGrom tied for fourth in terms of most trades. So, Jose uh, Jose Ramirez, it's, he has two good games in a row, I think. Not, not great. But yeah, I don't know. All right, go ahead and react to that top five. Jose Ramirez, Scherzer, Harper, Austin Riley, Jacob deGrom.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. Like The entire list of names you've shown here are basically like a a who's who of buy low opportunities except for Austin Riley, who is clearly being sold high, I would, I would suppose.
3: Yeah, I, I imagine a lot of the people who picked up Austin Riley don't actually need him. And obviously, he's a trendy name right now uh top prospect who's called up and who's gotten called up in seven home runs in 14 games uh, I know we've been shopping him in the podcast for the people League at him though we have yet to pull the trigger on any of the offers to come our way uh, I mean there's there's definite downsides to Riley he's struck out in a third of his plate appearances if that continues uh you know it's it's really going to hurt his batting average at the same time. You know he has like Pete Alonzo level power, and that kind of power is what can overcome a high strikeout rate. Double is dual eligible, third base in the outfield. I I can understand being both on the buying and the selling end of Riley.
2: Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned Peter Alonzo. So I got an interesting Alonzo stat. Alonzo hit two two run homers last night. He is the number five first baseman in points, number four in Roto. Got off to an amazing start. Uh, and as we compare Alonzo to Austin Riley, April 12th, April 12th, okay, pretty early in the season. Since then, Pete Alonzo is batting 230 with 13 home runs, 12 walks, 48 strikeouts. I mean, he's been really good, but he's the number 15 first baseman in points and number 14 in Roto since that time, since April 12th, pretty early in the season. So I think Exactly what you said. The strikeouts caught up to Alonzo. The batting average has plummeted, and he's batting .230 in that stretch. So, Riley has even worse play discipline than Alonzo, right? So far? Yes. So far, yeah. So, so it's, far. Not, it's not like Alonzo's uh, been uh, useless, uh, you know, but he hasn't been a stud, believe it or not, since April yeah. 12th. He hasn't, but I mean, he he's also hasn't been...
3: You're talking about a top 14 first baseman, what's obviously the deepest position in fantasy. That's still... I, I would still call that someone you're starting in every 12-team league. Um, you know, just... Yeah. yeah. You're, you're saying since that time, he's the top 14th first baseman, not not including the hot stretch at the start of the year, no, right? No, including
2: the hot stretch, he's top five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Right, oh, totally worth um, starting. And, and and Austin Riley's probably going to be worth starting. I mean, he's, you know, but, but, yeah. but so uh, high.
3: It's less certain with him. I mean, Alonzo's strikeout rate is bad, but it's not... It's not like worst in baseball type bad like Riley's is so far. We're talking 14 games for Riley, so it's hard to make too much of it.
0: But Riley struck but, out a lot more in the minors than than Alonzo did as well, right? Well, this year in
3: the minors, Riley didn't strike out much at all. But yeah, over his minor league career, there have been a lot of strikeouts.
2: All right, so you said, Heath, that that top five, Ramirez, Scherzer, Harper, Riley, DeGrom, four of them, not Riley, are by-lows. So, the way you just talked about Bryce Harper, I'm not really sure I agree that he's a buy low. I mean, look, uh, there's always the obvious, like, hey, I'm going to trade Michael Conforto, who's hot right now, for Bryce Harper. You know, okay, but but if he's outside the top 10 outfielders, he might not be that easy to get.
0: Or, no, I don't think he's a... Uh... Like, buy low in the sense of you're buying, expecting him to turn... Like, Scherzer, I'm buying, expecting him to be the best pitcher in baseball. So I can buy high and buy low, low at the same time. With with Harper and Jose Ramirez, you've got to actually buy very, very low.
2: Okay. If to lower your expectations, certainly.
0: Which got much harder the last two days with Harper.
2: <laughs> and maybe with Ramirez. So, uh, yeah. Cindergaard is number six. <laughs> Cindergard uh, six, Machado seven, Goldschmidt, Andrew Benintendi, and Joey Votto rounding out yeah, the top. Yeah, those
3: are all by lows, and maybe even clearer by lows than
0: than Harper.
2: Uh, are you sure about Machado?
0: No, I'm not sure he's he's good.
2: And, and Scott, I know you have well, some reservations
0: about him. You're not you're sure Scott he's good. You're not sure Machado is good. I'm not sure he's a starting shortstop in a point league. Well, that's a bold take. That's is. Is a bold well, take. He, never, a guy, he really has been one year in his career outside of Camden Yards. It's true. I mean, I understand what you're saying.
3: At, at the same time, a really good strikeout rate. He's had horrible bad bit luck, it looks like. Still on pace for 26 home runs, which I understand in today's environment maybe doesn't mean what it did. But my point is he's just not that far off Well, he's from, he's a, from beat living up to our expectations.
0: He has a 299 BABIP. His career is 301. Really, his BABIP is only 299. He's just and he's struck out more than he has at any point in his career. Okay, well that's part of it, but at the same time, it is a good strikeout rate.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised his BABIP is that high. Um, I guess maybe being his home run pace being off is also affecting the batting average somewhat. Well, I you, still don't think it, it would take much for him to get back on track.
2: Could you see Machado or Goldschmidt or Benintendi or Votto carrying your team for the next, like, two months? i see all of them doing that. Uh,
3: you know, I'm actually the most concerned, I think, about Benintendi because he hit his sixth home run yesterday, and that's with a much higher fly ball rate than ever before. Theoretically, he should be showing more power, um, his strikeout rate is way
0: up this year. It's twenty three percent. Like it's certainly higher than Machado's, but it's not that much well, different it, compared to earlier in his career. It
3: was sixteen and seventeen, have? just like Machado's. Yeah, and twenty, and now it's twenty three. That's that's a
2: big jump. That's a big jump. I mean, look, Benintendi just you know he did have one streak last year where he was like great, but other than that, he he's just kind of a steady Eddie. 17 homer 20 steal guy probably you know i saw people buy i saw someone buy benintendi low in one of my leagues and yeah he's probably got some regression coming he's good um but i don't know that he's like capable of of going on a huge tear for an extended period of time he's just not that good of a hitter i'm sorry to say it he's a he's a 20 homer guy at best you know like you want the like goldschmidt's a 35 homer guy maybe um vado's vado Votto could be a 12 homer guy you know in a good year yeah
0: <laughs> the only guy I'm confident could carry your team over the next month is Goldschmidt. Yeah, I that was a joke about. My uh, time. Yeah, I
2: mean it's,
3: but they all could. Like the only one I've given any thought to benching in the leagues where I own them is Votto. The others, you know, they haven't underachieved enough for me to say okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna risk missing out on the monster week to start. You know, Dansby Swanson instead, whatever.
2: Alright, why don't we save the since we did some good trade talk there, unless you guys are just dying to give me a buy low or sell high, we can save it for tomorrow. That sounds great. All right, we'll save it for tomorrow. Well, how many games? How many games do we have on the schedule today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's good. That means more time for, for free period tomorrow. Um uh, uh, uh. so I got an email here that I, I think is really cool. Um Pretty sharp, pretty, pretty. One of our loyal listeners, Mike in New York or Nueva York, as he likes to say. Uh, you know, he kind of attacked us a little bit. I understand guys Oop. like Bellinger and Yelich have been great, but I don't agree with moving them ahead of guys who've been better for way longer, like Betts and Arenado. This is actually mostly addressed to Scott. The trade charts have bets behind both of these one-hit wonders. Ooh, Mike, I'm not sure I can support you on Yelwich being a one hit one. Maybe this is <laughs> won the M V P last year. <laughs> Maybe this is who Bellinger and Yelich are now, but Betts has been the best player in fantasy two out of three years and hasn't hit that level yet this year, but certainly hasn't been bad. Arenado's just doing what he mm-hmm. always does. I'm not sure I'd put them above JD Martinez, Scherzer, or Verlander either, them being Bellinger and Yelwich. Mm-hmm. Can't help but remember when Harper was number one over Trout a few years back, or when Trey Turner was overrated as a first rounder in point straps a few years back. Can we be a bit less reactive? I love reacting to change and recognizing breakouts, but putting guys on a hot streak over the best players in fantasy still seems both premature and like a mistake to me.
3: Love you, Mike. Yeah, I mean it doesn't look like a hot streak at this point. It looks like a skill change, and a big part of it is that of the three, Betts, Yelich, and Bellinger. I, I would say that seems like the, the, the least the the lowest steel source of the three. Uh, Bellinger has been, you know, Bellinger and Yelich both have been running a lot and have been successful enough that I think it's going to continue both of them. Uh, Bellinger, especially like he's cut his strikeout rate in half, like a third of the way into the season. It's, it's hard to dispute that anymore. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because more often I think we're accused of being too patient and not making these changes fast enough. I could understand why, you know, as a Bellinger owner, you might be willing to trade him for bets. I personally would not. So, you know, obviously my own personal feelings are reflected in my rankings. And if you feel differently, I'm not saying you're wrong. I get it. But uh,
2: I disagree. Heath, you want to jump in there?
0: I still have bets over both these guys, so I I, I just... Good email, Mike.
2: Well, I, I the one thing I don't agree with you on, Scott, is that Bell is. The, I don't think that bets if he steals fewer bases than Bellinger, I think it's going to be pretty negligible. Like they both bets has six and Bellinger has seven, and I just feel like you're if probably I, right. If I were going to probably right, yeah. but who's
3: the clearer power source? Definitely Bellinger.
2: Yeah, Bellinger. Um, I I think I mean, it's, if, uh, if he's
3: if he's closed the gap in steals to any degree, and he's You know, obviously closed the gap in batting average with a much lower strikeout rate than ever before. Uh, It's, you know, weighed the two. Who has the biggest advantage? Bellinger with the power.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I would take, but I would take bets to hit for a better average than Bellinger rest of season. Like starting right now.
3: Uh, Maybe if I, maybe if I was put, uh, that's a close call. That's a close call. They both have more walks than strikeouts. Uh, I think the strikeout rate is similar, but if there is a difference, it would probably be if if there's a difference. If Betts is able to pass Bellinger, and he has like you know he's 80 points behind him right now. Um,
0: nobody. I, I don't think it's no, not I, pass I just think from this point forward.
3: Yeah, from this point forward. Oh, from, oh, from this, this point, point forward. forward. Yeah, he's not okay. gonna pass. Maybe, him. but it, it'd probably be negligible. Looking at the batter ball profiles. And I'm Maybe really, that'd be a little better.
2: I'm not really sure. I see a reason to doubt Christian Yelich anymore. <laughs> like, I I think he's I think he's the number two player in fantasy. If drafting today, especially in a roto league, but yeah. so you'd put him ahead of
3: Bellinger, even
2: Yelich. Yeah, I'd I Yelich ahead of Bellinger. Yeah, because because okay. I do think Yelich will have more steals. Um,
3: I mean Bellinger, there's still the home run to fly ball issue with Yelich, which we know he's going to have a good home run to fly ball rate. But right now it's like forty percent, which is just—it's thirty-six point eight percent.
2: Yeah, but he's on, well, like he balls this year. he's on pace for like sixty yeah, home runs He's on pace for like sixty home runs, whatever. So that's not going to yeah. happen. Uh, but yeah. these guys—I mean, are obviously, scuds. I have
3: him third. So why what, what, what why even bother making this argument?
2: Yeah, I, all right. So I—I I don't know. Maybe it's just—do you buy the batting average of Cody Bellinger? And it's—do you buy that he's like a three-hundred hitter? You know. If you do, then he's a top five player.
3: I think he's striking out thirteen point three percent of the time. I mean that. I don't know what kind of frame of reference the audience has for that, but it's
0: that's an incredible strikeout, right? He's making so much contact. Question: If that continues, yeah, if that continues, he's probably going to be the best hitter in fantasy. That that's the question. His batting average is
2: actually higher than his Babbitt Bellinger. Uh, uh, right, but the thing is, like, can he keep... You know, okay, so basically 146 strikeouts in 132 games as a rookie. 151 strikeouts in 162 last year. 31 strikeouts in 54 games. We saw it with Giancarlo Stanton. Like, are you're, you seem to be really buying into the strikeout rate. I, I don't know that I am yet. Um, I would and, probably
0: okay. set the over-under at 18% for the rest of the year.
2: And he hit 267 and 260 in his first two seasons. So... He's going to steal some bases. He's going to probably lead first baseman or come close to it. Uh, he's going to hit a ton of home runs, obviously. it's Is he a 260 hitter? I guess not. He's, he's obviously made improvements, and he's hitting lefties this year. So I, I don't look, I don't really agree with Mike's email, to be quite honest. Uh, Mike's always got a lot of good emails. I don't really think that Scott's overreacting, especially with the I thought he it helped. was
0: a very good email, Mike.
2: What wasn't a bad email. All right, here we go. Next email is from Brandon <laughs> in the Tri-Cities. In Washington, I don't know where that is. Can you weigh in on Shohei Ohtani? Is he worth owning? He is 91% owned, 51% started, and pretty bad so far, uh, but hitting the cover off the ball. What do you think about Ohtani?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's too much potential here to, I I think, with as few at-bats as he has, to really worry about anything that's happened in those at-bats at this point. And there's been enough reason to be encouraged that I'm not really changing my stance on. I think there's five-category potential. I think he's going to play close to every day. And uh, I'm happy to keep starting him.
2: All right. This is from Garrett. What do you guys think about Luis Severino? What is the probability of Severino coming back and being the ace that he was down the fantasy home stretch?
0: 22%.
3: Well, it's pretty low. Mm. It's, It's an and. You have to put an and in there. You have to get the intersection of the two. It's not an
2: or. Oh, of coming back. Am I talking about? I don't even know dead. what I'm talking yeah.
0: about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Try to help logic.
3: Her. Those logic exercises. Remember where it's the union and the intersection, and like if it's an and, you're talking about an intersection, and that. Yeah. You know, I just gave the probability. Know. I'm doing like eighth grade math or something. Twenty-two percent.
2: Twenty-two percent of it, of Severino being an ace.
3: Yeah. Well, if it's, will he come back, then I'd put the chances over 50%. But when he has to come back and be an ace, it's probably about where he passes. it.
2: Okay. Where, let's see. Uh, hey, real quick from Scott. Would you drop Willie Calhoun for Scott Kingery? I wouldn't. I would. Okay. And thank you, guys. And Will from Virginia... <laughs> Haven't heard much about Sean Manaya who's making some progress, but where would his peak ranking be in 2019? Top 50, top 30, uh, question mark, on Sean Manaya who's only 10% owned but is, you know, making progress.
3: Yeah, part of the problem is he wasn't must-owned before getting hurt. I think there's probably some untapped potential there. Uh, and if I had a at starting pitcher... Pick him up and see where it goes, but I would—I uh, wouldn't be ranking him inside my top sixty even on the day he came off the IL. To, an-
0: to answer the question, I think his peak start starting pitcher ranking, if he comes back and performs well, is probably somewhere in the top forty. We're
2: gonna take a quick break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, we'll play start, sit, or drop. We'll look at Aaron Nola and Kyle Hendricks and Chris Chris Paddock and James Paxton and Shane Bieber. Uh, Blake Snell, Madison Bumgarner, John Means, Pablo Lopez, all these guys that we have not talked about yet. Coming up, we'll recap uh, pretty much everything you need to know from Wednesday. We'll be right back.
1: Warned by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the Forty Forty at newbalance.com. Start, sit,
2: or drop for the following players. Victor Robles, 39th best outfielder in points, 33rd in roto, 21.4% hard contact rate. Yikes. And so many strikeouts for Robles. Start, sit, or drop.
0: Start and Roto, sit in points.
3: Sounds good to me. Yeah. I'd be more concerned about the batted ball profile if he wasn't one of the few genuine steal sources out there.
2: How about this? Start in Roto, drop in points. Victor Robles. I'm not there yet. Okay. I think you can make the case it's uh it's
3: hard to roster bench player bench hitters in a points league I've found
2: Josh Donaldson Josh Donaldson is the number 21 third baseman in points league's number 26 in Roto. he is pretty cold he's slugging 402 in May with two home runs and five doubles start sitter drop Josh Donaldson
3: drop uh, it's probably like when you're dealing with a corner infield spot, In a roto league. I can't imagine too many of his owners in that format could make a case for sitting him. Uh, Points league, I mean, third base is a deep position. I'd be more likely to stash him away than than Robles. Uh, You know, he's obviously still getting on base a lot, has an elite track record.
2: And a 53.8% hard contact rate for Donaldson. Yeah. That's twice as as much, more than twice as much as Robles. Uh, you said drop, Donaldson Heath? He's been awful. He he's, hasn't been I, awful. Yeah, I would say face awful. He's pace at a
3: 380 clip. He's on pace to be a five-war player this year. Yeah, uh,
0: he just needs the power. He's been, been good back. defensively, I guess. He's been, he's been re- pretty bad in fantasy. If you're outside of the yeah. top 20 at your position and you he, have not he's had a significant injury, you are mostly bad.
2: I can't really argue with that. That's yeah, kind of I the just, argument I, just, I would make. But has he been unlucky because he's hitting the ball so hard and there's not much power there for Donaldson?
0: It's possible he's been a little bit unlucky. But like Scott said, it's hard to, I, I'm not dropping him in a in a league with a corner infielder. I agree with Scott there.
2: All right, next up. Uh Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, uh terrible start at Colorado. Not surprising. One quality start all season for Robbie Ray, who has a start,
0: obviously. Move yeah. on. No.
2: Drop obviously. He's got a he got a
0: three five nine ERA. Adam ERA matters. He has a three three eight ERA over the last three seasons. He has he one a quality start. Out. He does it There's for no, five you're innings. You're starting Robbie Ray.
2: You're not start. You're you're dumb if you're starting Robbie Ray. Like no, that's, you're starting <laughs> Robbie Ray for five innings. You're starting right one quality start. One quality mm-hmm. start all season long for Robbie Ray. Yeah, and, and the Dodgers and are gonna light above
3: one four five whip. One four five whip. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's, he's a strange one. He's a strange one. Agreed. He's great at certain things and he's terrible at other things. And um I, I think that makes him less than must start. I think that also makes him must own, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I maybe in a categories league it depends how you are in, in your category. Like if you need strikeouts, I could see starting Robbie Ray, but he's gonna kill your whip. Uh it just is. But also he like he has five ERA downside. Like we've seen the worst of Robbie Ray. Marcus like Simeon. Four years ago.
3: I mean last year he was pretty disappointing, pretty hard to use, and yet he or still had a three ninety three ERA.
2: Okay, that three ninety three ERA with a bad whip and no quality starts, he needs to have yeah. a three fifty ERA. Uh yeah. Or so.
0: He also had 165 strikeouts in 123 innings.
2: Yeah, he strikes guys out. I, he does. He
3: I'm not sure I trust because I'm looking. I'm looking at it now. 3.59 ERA, 3.28 fib. Oh, 3.28 fib's really good. Uh, but his home run late rate is so low for a guy who gives up tends to give up hard contact, uh, or at least he has historically. Let me see how it's looking <laughs> this year.
2: Uh, um, Robbie Ray is definitely odd.
3: the I mean, people we fight about list. His his Sierra is 420. So you know, if if that's a more predictive number than 50, to you, it's a run higher. Uh
2: Marcus Simeon is next on the start, sit or drop list. 79% on is heating up a little bit. Uh, Marcus Simeon, start, sit or drop.
1: Uh
3: I mean if, if you're if you're somebody who makes the case to sit Machado, I can't imagine you're starting Simeon if you're. But at the same time, like, I, I think he's startable. I just don't think there's reason to get excited about using him ever. I'm not a high power ceiling has improved his strikeout rate this year, and
0: that's helped keep him afloat. But he's he's pretty fringy. Yeah, you can you can start him as a middle infielder if you want, I guess.
2: You could drop him in shallower leagues, I'd say. 684 yeah. OBS in May.
0: Yeah, yeah I was going to go with the fourth option, ignore. I had no idea he was 79% owned.
2: Yeah, all right, exactly. Uh, Nomar Mazzara, the perennially most overrated player in fantasy baseball. Number 47, outfielder in points, number 49 in rodo. That's amazing. Uh, he's played a fewer games, 48 games. A lot of players are like a 53-ish games. Uh, and he's actually hitting lefties well this year, but Mazzara's just not that good, I'm sorry. Uh, start, sit, or drop. 83% owned, Mazzara.
0: You drop him in a three-outfielder league and start him in a five-outfielder league. It works for me.
2: And Christian Walker, 46% owned. Start, sit, or drop.
3: Uh, well, you're not starting him. It You know, whether or not you sit him or drop him probably depends on the depth of the league again. Uh, Kevin Crone started for the second time since getting called up. So they've they've been sticking with Walker at first base for the most part in spite of his struggles. But Kevin Crone did start yesterday and had two doubles, which is a lot more production than Walker has provided recently. I still think the skill set of Walker is interesting enough that as long as the Diamondbacks stick with him, uh, there are better days ahead, and he could end up being a useful fantasy option again. But the Crone wrinkle is something to keep an
0: eye on. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine dropping him.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are. He's 46% owned. Christian Walker in May is batting 170 with one home run and 32 strikeouts. Rotation time. Okay, so yeah, didn't wait too long today. Geez. Aaron Nola, good start. He keeps alternating good and bad, it seems. Kyle Hendricks has just been outstanding lately. Eight innings, one run, seven strikeouts at Houston. Chris Paddock gave up three home runs. His first three home runs allowed to righties all year. Uh, He gave up a season high in hits, which was six, by the way. Uh, He struggled at the Yankees. You know, unfortunately for Paddock, like he's, you know, he strikes out a good amount of batters per inning. He's 39th in baseball in strikeouts. And you got to figure before he makes his next turn in the rotation, he's probably going to be, I don't know, 45, 50, who knows. Um, So I'm not sure how much he's helping you in strikeouts just because he doesn't throw a lot of innings. Uh, James Paxton. Pretty interesting stuff. Four hitless innings with seven strikeouts against the Padres. They strike out a lot, but he was at home, and apparently they were like, were doing something to adjust the dirt on the mound to compensate for his bulky knee. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that huh. on, in road starts, and he's pretty much said he's going to have to deal with this knee issue all season long. Cindergard uh, was good last night, Bueller was bad, and Bieber was terrible. So I don't know. I know there's a lot of names there, but you guys go for it with Nola, Hendricks, Paddock, Paxton, Syndergaard, Bueller, Bieber. Anyone you really want to talk about, Scott? I'll go to you first. Um, I think Nola. Maybe
3: his start was the most revealing of these because you know his his previous start wasn't so great, but he has been much better overall recently and. Um, Equal to season high with 14 swinging strikes in it. This was arguably his best start of the season. I think he's trending the right direction. And uh, I'm back to considering him a must start. Hopefully. Now, I don't, I don't know if you could buy low on him still. But if that was a possibility, I'd pursue it. Uh, yeah, center guard's been a really interesting pitcher this year. 20 swinging strikes in this start. But his strikeout rate is down. His home run rate has been a real issue in an environment where more home runs are being hit. His ERA is around like 490, I think. It's going to be better than 490. But his ex and Sierra have him with a high threes ERA right now. And, um, you know, without genuine skills improvement, meaning the strikeout rate going up or, uh, you know, keeping more balls in the park, that, that might be what he projects for. And, and that might still be good enough to make a must start. I mean, he pitches a lot of innings. He's going to have a high strike at total, but he's not. It's going to be underwhelming compared to where you drafted him this
2: year. Syndergaard, I was reading before the start yesterday that Mickey Callaway was just like, you got to be more confident. You know, He doesn't feel like Syndergaard is throwing with conviction, trusting his stuff out there. And he's just like, I don't know, maybe it's just a mental block. Uh, Heath, did you learn anything about Shane Bieber in this start? Six runs in five innings, three homers allowed at Boston. And now that's 13 home runs allowed in 68 and two thirds. He allowed 13 home runs in 114 and two thirds last year.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't really like, it's nice that he didn't walk anybody and he had six strikeouts in five innings. You have three home runs against the Red Sox. It's going to happen to a lot of pitchers. This does not give me any concern at all.
2: Do you guys think you would field some offers for James Paxton based on? I know it was only four innings, but obviously he was on an innings limit, uh, a pitching mm. out rather. But it was great, and he's been really good this year. But it's got this knee issue. You know what? What, what would you want for Paxton if you were going to give him up? Nola, Cindergard.
3: I mean, I'd do those deals. Sure, uh, I don't think. I don't think in a general sense I'm looking to shop Paxton. It's it's an interesting point you bring up with the mound and uh, what kind of control he's going to have over that in his road starts. But it's just like giving up a bankable... Like a, a starting pitcher who I feel comfortable starting and who has genuine upside like Paxton does is not really something I am in a position to consider in any league I'm in. And I don't think many fantasy owners... like. Who, ha- who has excess starting pitcher? I imagine I imagine it's a very small number of people out there.
0: I wonder if you could get someone to think they were selling high on Hyunjin Ryu for him.
2: You'd rather have Ryu than Paxton?
0: That's what I'm yeah, saying. I'm like, not I've got sure. him back to back in my rankings. I'm not sure. The concern with Ryu is he's going to have problems with innings because he always has these little minor injuries. Well, Paxton currently has one of those injuries and has a history of them as well. I kind of think I'd rather have Ryu.
2: Yeah, I, I, I looked at Paxton at the beginning of the year based on his walk-to-strikeout ratio and his home-run luck, what I thought was bad luck last year. I looked at Paxton as a guy who could, you know, be the, take that next step and become an ace. And I think it's played out. 59 strikeouts, 281 ERA in 41 two-thirds. Like, he's been unbelievable. So I actually think when he's healthy, James Paxton is top five to top ten pitcher. And I don't know... You know, sometimes these injuries go away, but he does have a knee issue that he pretty much said he's going to have to deal with all year because it just didn't get good enough to go away completely. So uh, it's a tough call. If you're going to trade Paxton, you got to get something. You got to get someone that you feel like is going to be great. You, you have to. Uh, but just keep mm-hmm. in mind what he's dealing with. But he has he has been pretty amazing. Uh, and finally, we'll he's end the been show. Very
0: good. If, I I'd be, I wish you could pitch a little deeper in games.
2: Fair. Uh, we got on the show with uh, John Means, Pablo Lopez, Anibal Sanchez, Ronaldo Lopez. Any interest in those guys? They're pretty available. Uh,
3: Pablo Lopez is still the most interesting to me. It's been hit or miss this year, and it was a hit yesterday. Uh, yeah, the others, I don't I don't really have much hope for at all. This was basically Anibal Sanchez's first good start of the year, and Ronaldo Lopez has been getting crushed lately.
2: Yeah, the word after Annibal's start was that he looked like he did last year. He was pitching down in the zone. He was mixing his pitches. And last year he had a 2.83 RA and a strikeout printing. inning. So, yes, I'm sure we're all going to be very hesitant to buy into it. But just something to keep in mind in case he does throw another good one yeah. next time, Anibal. Let's see him do two or three more of those. And then maybe we could talk. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on our Friday show. We will have Scott and Heath give us buy low, sell high and buy high. We'll talk about two-star pitchers, Pablo Lopez next week, Milwaukee on the road, and then Atlanta at home. So probably want to avoid him even after a good start. Uh, Yeah, you know what we'll do. We'll give you some weekend streamers and have a little fun on Fantasy Baseball today. Thanks for listening. For Scott and Heath, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you tomorrow.